Kia ora Aotearoa, I'm Simon Bridges and welcome to this special bonus episode of Generally Famous. I didn't want to abandon you over summer, so we've pulled together some of the best bits of seasons one and two. They're themed around particular subjects. Today, generally food. Hope you enjoy this compilation. I'll be back very soon with more fantastic guests for season three. But until then, enjoy your summer. Ganesh Raj. Another thing we do is, and I say we, I don't actually because I hate them, but I want you to persuade <laughs> so you me otherwise. you have nothing to do with what you're no, about I to do. say. Well, I sit there you watching, I sit do. there watching them watching <laughs> these reality cooking contests, right? And I could reel off, actually one I didn't mind was School of Chocolate. I don't know if you've seen that on no. Netflix. Very good, great French skilled guy. But you know, there's Nadia, there's Jamie Oliver, there's Cake Boss, there's um, Gordon Ramsay, and there's, there's a host of others. And obviously there's all the Kiwi ones. Um, do you trash or valuable these shows? I don't care. <laughs> it's whatever you want. Honestly, yeah. I don't care. This is very sort of your truth is your truth. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't care if that's what you like. Enjoy. You know, because the well, truth- they do like great. There's no doubt about great. that. And you Natalie, know- and Natalie, my wife tries to uh, involve me. I just. The selfish gene within me finds it very <laughs> difficult to sit down and watch some douchebags. Well, that's you. So, competing and over a look, beautiful cake. Is it, what is it? Is it cake or real, right? That's the other one they watch. Have you seen this? You no, it's a freaking way, handbag. Um, you are very deep right now into this. Uh, you're, you're naming shows that no one's heard of right now. Oh, there, there are a lot on Netflix. I mean, there are like 89,000. I mean, it's just cheap TV. I, I, I would make the case that it is somewhat trashy what is more value what i do like and it's a tragedy unless someone corrects me but i think i'm right there is no food tv channel uh any anymore that you can get on sky at least but i liked that i liked people there you know from julia childs through yeah. to you know that actually showing you something actually digress we, we need to move on because no 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 floyd on fish do you know this i one? do i know all those it was shows more because wine than fish but. totally it was more wine than fish but look, food education, because that's what you're basically saying, mm. those were home economic style mm. learning with a bit of entertainment, right? That's mm. what you got out of that. And I think that's the most important thing that we need to get back to now is some way of... Now, all those shows won't work anymore. They won't work anymore for the current generation because there's no interest. They're not fast enough. No, the, the recipes aren't on TikTok and the recipes don't have a link to YouTube, which you can watch whenever you watch. And that's kind of how... Young people consume recipes right now. So how do you make what you do? And I, lo- I, I put love it on it, TikTok, and I make sure that it's sent. So the humble yum yum is on TikTok as well as I do. I follow the path. And your and your TV show, um, I mean, just on that, an education of not just children, actually all New Zealanders, and you you couldn't be more topical in terms of we are, and I think every politician, at least in theory, agrees a cost of living crisis hashtag. I mean, what are some of your, without sort of getting, spending 98 minutes on it, what what, what would you, as general propositions, um, how does a struggling whanau in New Zealand today ensure they're eating well for the same or less? The, no pressure. No I mean, pressure. It's, it's no a pressure. very small issue. No pressure. Well, look. If we constantly imagine that everything I say includes a a thought for money Mm. and a thought for flavor, Mm. let's assume that, okay? Mm -hmm. So if I have a limited budget, then the number one thing I have to do is to plot a few meals. Those meals I need to go and fit my budget, but also have leftovers for me to take to work or have something for the kids. Yeah. 
Now, I'm a busy human. I'm not going to be able to do everything all the time. So I'm not going to put too much pressure on myself. I'm only going to plan for three days. And then I'm going to start again. And maybe I'll get the family involved on a Wednesday to figure out what to do. Or maybe I'll start the Wednesday, finish on the Saturday, and then use the Sunday to figure out what to do from the Monday to the Wednesday. All I'm saying is there's a bit of work that anyone can do that is free work. Mm. You just have to put in some time to do that. The second thing is education. So it doesn't matter how you budget and plan. If, you're, if the list of the things that, oh yeah, sorry, of course, always have a list. Always have a list. It's like a non-negotiable, mm. right? List is non-negotiable. Otherwise you end up with stupid stuff in your shopping trolley. Dude, you know it. And that's why budget. Stupid expensive 100%. Stuff. And right now with the, with the way things are costing, which is an absolute, you know, it's, it's horrible right now, the way people are having to live and not being able to afford stuff. So you have to make a list, plan for the short term, and definitely get some education because the only way for you to be able to pick out stuff that's cheap or cheaper and use it in a way that's delicious so your family's happy is for you to know what to do with it, right? If you don't know what to do with something, how are you going to do that? So there's a ton of stuff. Like the humble yum yum is 20 bucks for four people. There's 62 recipes already. And they're from Asia because we learn how to do that over there. Mm. So the idea is education will take your money and help you feel better about what you do with it for your family's food. Mm. That's the idea. It always struck me as a little bit corny, but in the end it's very true that, you know, give someone a a meal, um, teach them how to fish, and um, that's what you're saying to us quite deeply. Ross Taylor. I I take it, you know, you're still not a, you know, I call beer and racing man sign, but one thing you have acquired a taste for that comes through very clearly, and I think it started with Hogan and his Pinot Noir, is the red wine. So um, favourite go-to red wine. Actually, let's 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 add to that. Let's say money's no object here, because I I picked up you've got a taste for the finer things in this area. Hopefully, my wife doesn't uh, <laughs> listen to this. Uh, oh no, she knew I brought this. Um, I brought a bottle. Uh, it's called uh, Rom- it's a Romney Conti DRC. It's a D- sorry, it's a DRC Latash, and I saw it the other day, and it's up to about thirteen thousand dollars a bottle. So, when you're one. opening that, then. <laughs> can I let me give you some advice? No, don't don't think, do it at the Taj Mahal with Leanne, okay? Yeah, I don't, and, and I need to hide it because I have heard stories about um, some expensive bottles of wine that wives have no idea pop open and put into a casserole or a spaghetti <laughs> bolognese or something. Um, that could be one serious mistake. Um, but no, I don't think I could justify. I've always just wanted to have one, um, and these wines can stall for fifty to seventy years, so. If I still own it, the kids can decide what they want to do do with it. Not at that level, but you know, I've had some you know better better bottles in my in my time. And, and it, what you say is exactly right. You know, I made the mistake of being at Parliament a while back, and my bleeding father-in-law was over from the UK, and he was he was taking some of my best stuff down to the cheeky Indian. BYO, right? <laughs> I got back and he drank like a you know four hundred dollar bottle of wine. I said, like, "What is this? What's going, what's going on?" Because I, I had I had made the mistake of saying you know whatever you like, right? But it was like within reason. Whether well, there's some twenty dollar yeah. ones no, and there's, there's a, the sort of half a grand ones, and the twenty dollar ones are the ones for you. Yeah, there's a there's a pile in the corner. Everyone's got free reign apart from yeah, that absolutely. Rack. Um, are you a snob when it comes to the wine? Oh, I'm getting worse. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, as long as I'm not that person that um, feel, people feel pressure when they come around for dinner. 
But if you do come around, Simon, there's plenty of wine around here if you help yourself. Just that rack, you're not allowed to touch. I'm looking forward to it. We'll be going straight to that rack. Because <laughs> the problem is, right, if we have two or three of the cheaper ones, at that point in time, I reckon you'll then take me to the expensive one. We should have started the expensive rack, right? Because by the time you've had two or three, the, same. the expensive one, exactly. 100%. Well, so that's what you, I if you're going to do it. You've got to do it in the right order. Start with the good stuff because, you know, you're two or three deep. It can, yeah, it can, you no, can tell no it, I can tell you whatever you want to hear. That's in that, that one, really. Kia ora, I'm Adam Blair. I played the great game of rugby league for the Storm, Tigers, Broncos and the Mighty Warriors. And I'm Goran Paladin, sports presenter and rugby league fanatic. I won a World Cup too. I played 51 tests for New Zealand. Yeah, he's a national treasure, people. Come on. Blairy and I, we're joining forces for a brand new rugby league podcast called League of Our Own. Each week we talk Kiwis across the NRL and of course everything was. All the big names, the big stories. And some of my own stories too. Well, if we can make them fit. We'll make time. Okay. League of Our Own with Blairy and Goran. Debut ep dropping on Wednesday afternoon and every Wednesday after that. You can listen through stuff.co.nz or wherever you get your podcast. Proudly brought to you by Snap Rentals. Mate, your your stories are way too long, eh? Nah, we've got to take them on a journey. <laughs> oh, the journey. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Sid and Chand, Sarawak. So how's that balance between the getting it technically, which at the end it's almost quite scientific in a way, that science right versus the creativity and the creative impulse? Do you kind of have a, um, yeah, I mean, is there a balance to be had there or a... For sure. I mean, you can't have all technique and then, you know, the dish completely out of balance. So I think it's a, uh, it's very important to have the balance of technique, flavor, and the texture you're trying to achieve. Um, for us, that's the most important thing is um, technique is, is something that really showcases the reflection of a good restaurant or yeah. whatever hospitality, whether it's making a cocktail. It's all taken off so much in the world now that people are looking up to different places in the world to get good ideas and um, and just different different kind of forms. It's all very well to have an exploding dessert or you know something with fire and smoke and all this, but if it doesn't taste good, exactly, it's kind of not so good. Chan, one of the things I also loved was, and you know, I'm not being paid by the way to just be nice to these guys about their restaurants, but. It felt like with, in particular, Maitre D, um, who, you know, you can just tell has been a professional in the game for a long time, right? So he's not just a varsity kid. Not there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. But, you know, he he's, and I love that. It's about, because that's what I like about overseas restaurants, right? If you're in Melbourne or somewhere in the US or London, you know, these people are deeply steeped. Now, you've got a big staff, I think, across your restaurants. There's 40, 50 um, um, staff. We know it's hard to get staff. I mean, are you out there hand-picking them, or how does that work? At the moment, I'm on Facebook all the time, looking yeah. at groups, looking at who's looking to... Because f- if you look at um, a hospital group, if you have an employer offering a job right now, there's about one person applying for it. But yeah. on the other hand, if an employee is looking for work in hospitality, there's about 45 to 50 employers jumping yeah. on the one person. Yeah. So it's trying to attract talent like never before right now. So that's what I'm doing right now. You have, I presume, a very good advantage, which is in the end, particularly for the chefs, but actually for anyone who wants to be serious in hospo, they want to be able to say, you know, I trained under Sid Sarawak. We're in a fortunate position. Um, 
so I think that's how we will be able to ride this out. But it is hard out there. And I think it's uh, a big issue that I'd like to be, well, I am working on, is trying to attract more Kiwis to see that hospital is a career yes. and not just a stopgap thing. So that when people like you or any rest, guest comes in, they get the benefit of someone who's had a lot of experience in hospitality serving them. Because to get that kind of professional, we need to start attracting the younger generation to start thinking of it. Like in France, they think of yes. it as a career. I um, I did five years in hospo, mainly wine, I, I have to say, not so much. That, but I could, look, at a, I could carry three. At a push, I could do four plates. Four plates, wow. So, at a push, you know, if <laughs> yeah. I, I... The other thing that's amazed me, and we'll move on from um, French Cafe shortly, but, it, you know, in your kitchen, it's... Um, there's military precision, and I know we might come back to this. Your dad was a general in the yeah. Indian Army, right? So I, I feel like there's something in that. And the other thing about it is, um, it's like a live show, right? But not a, not in a um, not in a circus style sense. But it's like a sort of like a Swiss clock. Everyone has got their unique role, and they're doing, and they're completely on it. What are they all doing, Sid? These sort of eight, nine, or whatever it is, people in the kitchen. They're basically pieces to the puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> They're all sort of doing their own thing. Some people are busy organizing the snacks for the day. Some people are getting the desserts ready. Yep. Some are just working on new ideas. So that's the cool thing is that without any of them, that puzzle is not complete. Um, and that's what makes it beautiful. I just come in, slide in, out, and I, I can see what's happening. And then I'll just talk to my head chef and, you know, we sort of work on ideas. But at the same time, I, I do talk to each person and I want them to come up with as many ideas as they want, as long as it eats well. And, you know, sometimes some things don't make it to the menu, but that's the beauty about it. And as, So as, you, you, when you're putting that menu together different every month, it's a very collaborative. They're all coming with ideas. In the end, I presume you're the... You, you are the boss, you have to sort of make final decisions, but they're all coming to the table, as it were, with their thoughts. For sure. It's not like the dish, The dish could, they could just have an idea of a technique, an ingredient or something. So we might use that somewhere along the track in terms of a menu two, day, two weeks uh, down the line or two years, you know. And that's the beauty about food is that it doesn't have to be someone who's working there at that time. If we like a flavor, we might use it for, for a long time. But in different forms, different parts of the menu, something could make a dessert one day that could become a savory in sort of similar scenario the other time. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, Chant, I, the Thanks again for listening to this bonus episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget, we'll be back very soon with all new episodes and more brilliant guests. If you're following the show on a podcast app, keep an eye on your feed or check www.stuff.co.nz slash generally famous for updates. Thanks as ever to my producers Chris Reed and Jen Black. I'm Simon Bridges. Enjoy your summer, Aotearoa. If you liked listening to this pod, help us make more like this. Visit stuff.co.nz support. <laughs>